The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 175 Jesus' Childhood Great King, we cannot confirm which child in Bethlehem is the one whom people believe is prophesied. The army captain waited for Herod's response, but the king was silent. He sat on his throne in front of his advisors, his expression warned of his fury. The captain hesitated, then continued his report. The elders of the town say that one woman gave birth around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, and the birth caused an unusual amount of excitement. Herod remained silent. Several days before, Eastern noblemen had arrived in Jerusalem. When the priests and other leaders in Jerusalem heard the men were seeking the newborn king of the Jews, hundreds of them became upset. Herod, most of all. But he was clever. Instead of snapping, I am king of the Jews and there is no other, he shrewdly concealed his anger. Herod convinced the noblemen to tell him what time they had first seen the star. That star was an important sign. It indicated the time when this king of the Jews was born. He tried to convince the noblemen that he was also excited to worship the child. But what he really wanted was for them to lead him to the child. But the noblemen had ignored Herod's command and left the country, making him look like a fool and leaving him unable to identify the child. Herod finally spoke, asking an abrupt, specific question. According to our registration records, how many young male children are in Bethlehem right now? The registration officer checked the scrolls and informed the king. In the town itself, and among the villagers who regularly travel into and out of it, we record 27 boys under the age of two years old. With a blank face and dead eyes, Herod looked at the captain and issued a shocking order. Kill them all. Herod wanted to eliminate any child who might grow up to replace him and his heirs, but he didn't realize he was being inspired by the devil. Satan knew about the Savior and wanted to destroy him. The birth of the Savior was great news for all mankind. But as Simeon had told Mary, his life would be surrounded by terrible conflicts. The people of Bethlehem wept bitterly when Herod's murderous order was carried out. Those horrible conflicts had already begun. Almost 500 miles away, Joseph and Mary came to live in a little village in eastern Egypt, near a branch of the Nile River. They had very little money or belongings, only what they had carried with them from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and then from Bethlehem to Egypt. But God protected and blessed them. Joseph worked for a builder, and he, Mary, and Jesus had enough food to eat and a safe place to live beyond the reach of King Herod. After another hard day of labor, Joseph was in a deep sleep. 
Arise, said a voice. An angel was speaking to Joseph in his dream. Take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. Those who tried to kill him are now dead. The next day, Joseph wrapped up his affairs in Egypt, packed up their belongings, and led Mary and Jesus on the long journey back to Judea. As they traveled, they fulfilled the prophecy in Hosea 11.1 1, that said God would call his son out of Egypt. During the weeks of walking, Joseph had a lot on his mind. A long journey like this could be dangerous, but he knew that God would protect them. He also had to rely on God to show him a safe place to live. Would it be Bethlehem, Nazareth, somewhere else? Another traveler passing by told Joseph who the new ruler of Judea was. He became afraid. The new ruler was Archelaus, son of Herod. He was dangerous like his father had been. That night, Joseph prayed earnestly to God, and God answered by warning him in another dream that he should avoid Judea. After many, many miles of traveling, fleeing for their lives, living in a foreign land, and having their lives changed forever, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus arrived back in Galilee, in Mary's hometown, Nazareth. In Nazareth, Joseph returned to his construction business. He and Mary had four sons and two daughters, who were the half-brothers and half-sisters of Jesus. Jesus grew up in this family. His mother and stepfather nurtured and protected him as he grew from a toddler to a young child. They nourished him and his siblings with clean, nutritious food. His body and mind remained healthy and free of diseases or injuries. As he grew older, Jesus explored around his home and along the hillsides, woodlands, and streams of Galilee. He played in grain fields and orchards of pomegranates, grapes, oranges, and other fruits. At an early age, he learned to help weed and harvest in the vegetable garden and how to help his stepfather on construction sites. He learned to fish in the great lake called the Sea of Galilee. He learned Aramaic and other languages, as well as history, science, music, art, and mathematics. Like everyone else in Nazareth, he was called a Nazarene. This fulfilled another prophecy, one not written, but spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. He was not a Nazarite, which is someone who makes a vow to God and grows his hair long. Even as a child, Jesus was dedicated to his real father, God. Every day, Joseph and Mary taught him about God. At mealtimes, Joseph taught and quizzed Jesus and the other children about what they had learned. He said the rules of the house according to the laws of the Bible. Every week, Jesus attended Sabbath services with his family at one of the synagogues in Nazareth. Jesus perfectly kept the Bible's laws of love towards God and love toward other people. He carefully subjected his thoughts, words, and actions to God's word. He made wise decisions. 
He treated others lovingly, and people liked being with him. Jesus' mind developed quickly. He had an unlimited amount of God's Holy Spirit to fill him with wisdom. As he grew, his ability to understand grew as well. Joseph and Mary taught him about his miraculous birth and about the miraculous dreams in which the angels spoke to them. They taught him about the shepherds who saw an angel announce his birth and about the eastern noblemen who saw a star that led them to him in Bethlehem. They showed him that his father is the great God of the universe. Day after day, as he matured and prayed to his father in heaven and studied and meditated, Jesus understood more and more about his relationship with God the Father and more about his past existence as the word, a God-being. Jesus, please help your little sisters onto that mule. Yes, sir. Jesus told Joseph. He was 12 years old. Spring was in the air. The wildflowers were blooming, and the family was once again preparing to travel to Jerusalem to keep the Passover and the Days of Unleavened Bread, as they did every year. Jesus entered a new phase of his life at age 12. As an obedient Jewish boy, he was considered one of the sons of the law. He entered a more intense course of instruction in the Bible and was trained to fast and attend public worship. He was also more seriously learning a trade, his stepfather's profession of carpentry. Jesus loved celebrating the holy days in Jerusalem. He loved traveling with his family and acquaintances in a caravan and helping his uncles pace the group of dozens of people and several mules so they made good time while ensuring everyone and everything arrived safe and sound. He loved caring for his little brothers and sisters, telling jokes with his cousins and listening to his elders. He loved seeing the big city of Jerusalem and the beautiful temple. He especially loved attending services and hearing the priests read from the Bible. The history they read was amazing. The descriptions of God were awe-inspiring, and the prophecies about the future were fascinating. The words of the Bible had even more powerful meaning to Jesus of Nazareth than they did to other Jewish boys. He knew that he became a human being to fulfill the words of the Bible and to save all human beings from their sins. He was on a mission, and he paid concentrated attention to every word he heard, comparing the words of the priests to the words of the Bible. Even after the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Jesus absorbed what he was taught. In the temple courtyard, he approached one of the priests who had spoken from the Bible earlier. Sir, may I ask you a question? Jesus then began to ask numerous questions about the Bible. With each answer, he listened respectfully and carefully, comparing what he heard to what God had revealed in his own life experiences and especially to what he had read in the scriptures. Other priests, teachers, and their sons were attracted to the conversation. Eventually, a grand discussion was taking place under the stars. When everyone turned in for the night, Jesus spent the night at the house of a Levite who had some boys his own age. 
Jesus spent the next day asking questions and conversing with priests, Levites, and other teachers in the temple courtyard. The priests were delighted to talk with a boy who cared so much about God and had read the Bible so diligently. As the conversation continued, they were enthralled by how deeply Jesus understood and believed the Bible. The group of men and boys were wrapped up in a day of stimulating spiritual conversation about God and His laws. The next day, the same thing happened. Son! Sitting at some benches in the temple courtyard after finishing a picnic supper, Jesus and the others with Him turned back to look. They saw Mary quickly walking toward them, a look of frustration on her face. Why have you dealt this way with us? She asked Jesus, flustered. Look here! Your father and I have been tormented for three whole days, not knowing what had happened to you. We have been looking everywhere. Joseph and Mary knew that Jesus was an extremely special person. They had tried their best to raise him and to honor him for who he was. But Mary had accused Jesus of doing something wrong, even though he had not sinned. She had also referred to Joseph as his father in a submissive but firm way. Jesus answered his mother, reminding her of his divine mission and his divine father. Why were you worried and why was it hard to find out where I was? Did you not know that I must be doing my father's work? Jesus was making an important point. He was reminding his mother that although he was her child, he was also a God being, God with us. His father was not Joseph, but God. Jesus had not sinned by staying around the temple and learning about his father's word and his father's will. It's time for you to come with us and go home. Mary said, still flustered. Jesus knew that it was right for him to obey, and he cheerfully said goodbye to the group and rejoined Joseph and Mary. The caravan again began the journey home to Nazareth. Mary, Joseph, and the others who had heard Jesus' reply did not realize that he had made an important statement, nor did they understand what it meant. But Mary kept what he said in the back of her mind. She was learning more and more deeply just who Jesus was. As time passed in Nazareth, Jesus continued to subject himself to Joseph and Mary. He knew it was important to obey them and even more important to obey God the Father, who commands that children honor their parents. He served and loved his mother and his stepfather, not just in his words, but also in his actions. Jesus spent much time in prayer to his heavenly Father. In private, he spoke to God as his real Father, asking him for help through his Holy Spirit for the strength not to sin, and for the strength to serve Him and do His will, even in regular day-to-day -day life. Jesus also served and loved His brothers and sisters. He did not argue or fight with them to get what He wanted. He did not say bad things about them. He didn't ignore or neglect them, nor did He avoid spending time with them. He helped them with their chores and their lessons encouraged them to obey their parents, and showed them how to live the scriptures in day-to-day -day life, at meals, during chores, on fishing trips, talking with friends, listening to parents, and in every other activity. He also served and loved his relatives, 
neighbors and everyone he met. Many people in Nazareth who had known Joseph and Mary a long time still believed that Jesus was born because of a sinful relationship. They looked down on him and did not treat him fairly. Yet he treated them with respect, honesty, and generosity. Jesus lived by the Ten Commandments and the laws Moses delivered. He applied the Proverbs, Psalms, and other commands and principles God gave in the Old Testament for communicating with Him. He studied the scriptures, fasted, obeyed His parents, worked diligently, dealt fairly with others, cared for those who were less able, and spoke the truth in love. Because of this, people respected and liked Jesus. Jesus continued to mature, learning the Bible and other fields of study at home and at the synagogue. He also learned by traveling beyond Nazareth, learning about other people, languages, and cultures. But most of his time was spent in Nazareth, working with his stepfather, shaping, lifting, and fitting stones and wood beams to construct houses, businesses, public areas, and other structures in and around the town. Every day, every minute, he focused on one thing more than anything else, keeping the law and doing the will of his heavenly Father. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the resources tab at pcg.church. Mm-hmm.